Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 295. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. But I'm not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that is where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. But we're out meeting daily challenges just like you, and that's why we're here. We're having a Christian discussion for men, and unlike others, we are taking uh, church answers, and we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called Deliberately Provocative and Unexpectedly Funny, so we're really happy that you checked us out. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and at NoChurchAnswers.com. Please rate our podcast and leave a review. And of course, it would not be possible without your support. We are in the middle of limping with God, uh, Jacob and the Old Testament Guide to Messy Discipleship. And this is a book by Chad Bird, and it's excellent. And it's really high-level discussion. And, you know, when I think about the people that I hang around with, I cannot have discussions with them about this kind of thing but you know what weekly i have it with you out there thanks for tuning in and of course the fellows here and with that i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to introduce him at this time start with he is a former world-class policy writer a professional gambler he's the show producer mr steve titch and a former prosecutor he is an attorney Kind of like the group historian, we call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. Nice haircut, Mike. That's right. And he is kind of a industrial grade teacher, a uh, corporate trainer, group theologian. We call him the professor. He had been out on location, but he is now back. It is Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hello, everybody. And my name is Bill Cox, and basically I am a, well, I'm employed uh, now, and, uh, you know, basically a writer and filmmaker kind of creative guy. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in, and uh, Steve Titch? Uh, we're going to cover, we're going to cover a lot of ground, uh, but it's essentially Jacob's transition. We, we uh, have... Uh, Really now the deaths coming up, deaths of, of Rachel, uh, perhaps the true woman that Jacob loved, uh, and the birth of his 12th son, Benjamin. We also have the death of Isaac. And, and, then, and then, of course, we're going to roll right into the story of Joseph. And what I think is interesting and fun today, because this is a study of Jacob, we're going to, we're going to look at this from Jacob's perspective. We often talk about Joseph and his experience, we're going to see the effect this has on Jacob. Excellent. Michael Cropper. Yeah. The, uh, the story that Steve's talking about, uh, we're going to pass on death. Actually, we're going to talk about death just for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, folks, as you know, it's a nece- necessary part of life. And if you followed our podcast at all, you'll know that we've had a couple 
podcast specifically on death. And uh, folks, of course, you got to have life before death. And as Steve mentioned, uh, we're going to talk about a few deaths here and the, and the birth of a child as well. Death is one of the subjects we gloss over on our way back to looking at Joseph. The author of our book tells us about some funny epitaphs found in people's obituaries. So I'm going to change the tone before we go into the more somber part, melancholic part of the, uh, the podcast. And he says these statements avoid the word died, and they paint a picture with humor. So, uh, for instance, two epitaphs that the, um, the author tells us about is Marcel, who yelled, Bingo! One last time, and she won. She won a trip to heaven. And then the second one is Rene. Rene did not die. He just left for a great fishing trip in the eternal waters. And a couple other funny tombstone, and you may have heard these uh, writings that are on tombstones, says, I told you I was sick. <laughs> right. Another I saw one. One. <laughs> one way, do not enter. <laughs> And then another one raised four beautiful daughters with only one bathroom, and there was still love in the house. <laughs> uh, Jesus called, and Kim answered. And finally, the last one, folks, now I know something that you don't. <laughs> so anyway, I guess I don't mean to make light of death, but sometimes, sometimes you have to do that. And uh, today's podcast is not about humor, but it's about a perceived death of, of Joseph's Joseph by his father Jacob and the grief it will cause and the circumstances that lead up to it. Bill? Excellent, uh, Professor. So we're finally in the story that everybody knows about Joseph. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Jacob. <laughs> because Jacob is really the star at this point, and Joseph kind of gets shoved to the side, and I think it's very intriguing the way it happens. And it sets it up because now... We're shifting, and, and it's interesting because Joseph becomes a star here, yet to this day, we always hear about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob becomes who we know. But Joseph is so good that he gets a couple of extra tribes. So, <laughs> Bill? Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. And this, the first one is uh, Genesis 35, 16 through 27. Then they moved on from Bethel while they were still some distance away from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And she was having great difficulty in childbirth. The midwife said to her, don't despair for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had twelve sons, the sons of Leah, Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's servant Bilhah, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Leah's servant Zilpah, 
Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob, who were born to him in Paddan Aram. Jacob came home to his father Isaac in Mamre, near Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Uh, uh, this, this reading went on long, but in part because I wanted to include this, all the sons of, of Jacob who are mentioned here, all of whom become founding clans of the 12 tribes, except for, of course, of Levi. And for those who read the Bible know that Levi was not granted any specific land because he was the priestly class. Uh, but that would come later. Those, those, those tribes would be designated under Moses. But they do begin here, and these are the founding sons. Also, that, and this is very important, that of all the sons, Joseph and Benjamin are the sons of Rachel. Joseph, of course, being the eldest son of Rachel, not necessarily the eldest in the family. Uh, but it is probably the reason why Jacob bestows so much favoritism on Joseph. And, but but I'm, I, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on this because this is your favorite subject, Bill, dying and moving on. <laughs> but, but, here's the, but this is, I think, the opposite side of the coin. So I'm going to kick it back to you. We've talked about preparing for death. But now Jacob is the guy surviving. Right. Well, you know, here's the thing that uh, as I, I now work in death, you know, pre-planning funerals and I kind of I consider myself a bucket list consultant you know because here's the thing obviously the physical is dying but the spiritual is going to go ahead and continue on so but and, and you just got to think about it it's going in in different directions you know and as I look at this um, and I know we're going to come into it. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, too, about this, how we're going to be going into favoritism and that kind of stuff. I, I never really experienced any of that. I have sisters. I don't have any brothers, you know, so I didn't have that kind of, like, jealousy or anything. And I got to strike out on my own, too. And I think that's important for a person, you know, to be able to have that, you know, individuality. But I think when you come, when you come to the point of time in your death and uh, you really seriously look at the, at the bucket list, and as a man, you, you have that, that opportunity. Um, and, uh, and I know we, we've talked about it in uh, Men Matter, you know, specials, and, and there comes a time when, when you got to realize that, hey, if this is special to me, I need to do it. Because there's, there will be no more time. I look at it as Jacob does, he sets up the pillar. Right. And he moves on. And then he's called Israel again. Right. And it's that name play back and forth to me where this was, in some, so, I am not trying to bring the politics in it, but if you remember in the 90s, there was there was Hope Bill and Hot Springs Bill from Bill Clinton. Right. And and they were referred... And in some ways, I think the Bible kind of plays Jacob in that way. Because there's Jacob, 
the liar, the cheat, mm-hmm. the schemer, who gets cheated again. And then mm-hmm. there's Israel, who does the things that the nation of Israel remembers. You hear Rachel's pillar talked about near what city? Right. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. That becomes hugely important. Skip the New Testament. Well, we won't say skip it. We'll say forget it for just a second. Okay. Who else came from Bethlehem? David. David. Well, let's see. So, but, and, and so, but Jacob is moving on. But it's the thing about it is the flip-flopping back to me yeah. signifies what they're looking at. If Are they looking at the individual who's a bit of a scumbag, but, <laughs> but the good he does for society, for the common good, right. and when he's taking care of that. And I noticed that a huge difference when I went from living in the U.S. to when I was in the Navy, I lived in Japan, and I lived in mainland Japan. Those people put the good of society in front of individuality. The individual takes a step back, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're deciding on what to do, whereas an American, uh, well, between what's good for everybody, what's good for me, I'm, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm an American dude. Of course, I'm going doing what's best for me, you know. But and but also, I think that's. I don't want to say just the maturation process, but that's part of being a leader. I mean, of course, there's times when you're thinking about yourself, but being a leader, man, there's times when you just got to take a step back and go, okay, this is what's good for the survival of all of us. I think also, and, and, and Chad Bird talks about this, um, Jacob is at a transition point. Jacob Israel is at a, tra- at, at a transition point, and, and these deaths, well, we, we didn't touch on it, but his father dies shortly after Isaac dies. Uh, Rachel has died earlier. Her, her handmaiden had died. Uh, and Bird sees this as the, the, everything that connected him to his exile, quote-unquote mm-hmm. exile, his time with Laban, is now past. And this is, this is an interesting thing, because now, now we assume Jacob is now of late middle age. and He's in his 40s to... He's, he, he would be what we would consider 40s to 50s. Right, right. And, he's, and, he's present, and, and how, many, how many men kind of find themselves presented with... You could say either new opportunities or certainly a transition. And and Jacob's is tough because he, maybe he's not clear. I mean, obviously he has land, he has property. Now he has a, a, a at least a, a young son. Um, you know, it's this is the, this is the ancient times. They don't play with their kids the way they play today. Um, but he's also got this uh, young son Joseph, which I think he begins maybe to overly invest too much time and affection in and I, mean, it's, I don't want to tell why you can give your child too much affection but he clearly leaves things unbalanced with he, his he, other he plays the favorite yeah. well and, 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 and yeah that. and so, and I want I want to throw out one sentence because don't forget it it becomes very important in the history of Israel the uh, Israel moved again and pitched a tent beyond Megdal Eder while Israel was living in that region Reuben went in and slept with yes, his father's mm-hmm. concubine Belba and Israel heard of it. And that that actually becomes in. very that's, important. That's, that's why it's there. It's, it's, <laughs> it becomes important. The, the thing. Excellent. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox. 
director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers. This is podcast number 295, and we are Living with God, Messy Discipleship, excellent book by Chad Bird. We've been in the study for a few weeks, and I'm going to go ahead and do our second reading. This is Genesis 37, 1 through 11. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph a young man of 17 was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that his father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brother, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Well, we know that the brothers are going to get really mad at him, right? It's bad enough that he has a dream about him, but he makes them listen to him. Right? Well, and, and I was going to say, I don't throw all the blame at Jason. Joseph with this, Jacob rather, because quite honestly, if, if you're Joseph, is it really smart to be bragging to your brothers about these great dreams you had after dad gives you the good coat that everybody likes anyway? <laughs> you know, it sounds like, well, yeah, I, let me put it right out there. He sounds like a spoiled brat. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No, no, no and, and, and you know, he, but, no he may have. You see, maybe you can talk about it because because we at least in 
it, it, the way it plays out, God has given him these these dreams. These dreams had a divine yep. source, and he goes running out to the field. So, and I think he he present he doesn't he presents them. It, he makes them all about him, maybe. Okay. Hey, here, here we go. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna throw this out. Joseph is the first millennial. <laughs> He's entitled. He wants everything given to him. We have millennials. Yeah, no, he has. I know. I know. Y'all know I love y'all. <laughs> Joseph. 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 Okay. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it, this was Jacob's story, but uh, wait, we're talking about Joseph now. I disagree. But, I disagree okay. with that. Okay. Go, go ahead. Especially in um, an agricultural family oh. that has a lot of sons. Um, I I have one guy in particular that I'm thinking of. I'll say his name's Jeff because it's Jeff, and he had four brothers and Jeff was by far the favorite his dad treated him the favorite and the reason why Jeff had talent Jeff was awesome not only he was smarter he was faster and stronger than his brothers he wasn't the youngest though you know but I mean he was, was he the oldest no he was no oh, towards the end okay I think he had okay. two older brothers and one younger brother okay. But in a way, it was sort of like this because his dad would let Jeff go everywhere with him, you know, where the other boys wouldn't. He played it differently because he knew it. He didn't brag about dreams or anything. Jeff is the most nice guy and humble. And he played it, and it's almost fake humility, but it kept him alive. Well, yeah, I'm all <laughs> so, unlike, unlike, no, unlike, absolutely, but go, but more, and and maybe, maybe it's more. He's he he's a true narcissist mm -hmm. at this point in his life, mm -hmm. because because he does truly make it about him. You know, it's not like it, it's not like he pulled dad aside and said. Hey Dad, I had this dream. Can you help me? He goes out to his brothers, and I almost picture of a. Let me get the coat. Got the coat on. Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, and, and, and wait, no, no, let me. Let me also say this. We also have, and, the, and that point is well taken. And I think when I agree know, with everyone you kind of knows who the brains are, but we're not told that. We're simply told Jacob dotes on Joseph. Right. And Joseph may, for better or worse, not be much better than any of the other brothers. They're all out in the field, except Joseph gets this, you know, the Massive. coat of many well, no. colors, the ornate coat. We don't, we don't, you know, we can imagine what it looked like. It was probably, knowing Jacob, Jacob was a man of wealth. He probably got fine material. And this thing, yeah, and, and you just, and I, I don't think, and, and if you're, you, you guys do the Old Testament and ancient world studies, uh, gifts like these aren't disposed, aren't 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 um, given lightly. Um, no question. There, there, about there's it. a yep. certain and, and, and With meaning. There, there's a certain meaning, and and of right. course Joseph, as we're talking about, parades around it. We for all, but we, we can assume that because it becomes a symbol of these of these of the brothers' hatred. They will end up 
dipping it in blood and using that as as a right. as a testimony. Right. Well, so so this thing becomes to define the coat defines to define Joseph and, and maybe his behavior. This is a, this is really first of all what what do I think about Joseph? I think Joseph was probably very very good looking. His mother was <laughs> natural. Okay, no question. Oh, no well, doubt about it later. Is he what? intelligent? I think it comes up later he is. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, it it 100% comes up later. Very good looking. I think he learns and, and, and I think he knows how to be able to manipulate his father. I have no doubt. No the, question no about No question it. about that. So mm -hmm. um, Oh. And the only way that he could measure up with his brothers, because they were all older, he could not do it physically. He could only do it by intimidation, okay, by, by, by intellect, yeah, by getting an angle, by uh, dogging them out. Because if they were each two years older, the oldest is 22. And, and the, 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 the question here, born. you guys ask a great question. He had a lot of common sense. He wore his... Mm -hmm. Bright coat Tom. out to find his brothers where they're <laughs> parading the sheep around. Uh, uh, pardon me, where they're feeding the sheep, which could have been five miles away, right? I wouldn't wear my good clothes out in the fields where I might get thrown uh, in the poop. Yeah, I, I would have been a punk yeah, well, yes, <laughs> I absolutely Which is kind of what he did. Absolutely, and he did. You you would wear your bright coat out there like a neon sign, man. If you're if you're gonna have that kind, obviously the, One bro day they're gonna the throw brothers the didn't like him. The <laughs> brother, okay, whether whether he should have told them or not, I think back it was custom back then to share this kind of stuff. Honestly, I think it was probably a custom to share these kind of dreams and insight. I mean, what does it good does it do to keep it inside? You know what I'm saying? I, I, no, I'm talking I about mean, the it's code. hard to tell from the text. I'm about Can you catch any gloating in this, though? Can you? I mean, you know, they don't. I don't. Again, again, you know, it's it's we're, we sometimes want to read right. you know things into it, but I, you know, they we're told that there's not a good reaction to this, so you got to <laughs> extend that. That's you got to extend that. Right. It's not that he's sitting around and saying this in a worried way, or guys, he's not asking. He doesn't come in and say, ask, you know, he doesn't come to Reuben, what do you think about this? He's, he, he's already interpreted right. this dream, and he's making it clear that, hey, guys, you know, you may, you may snicker and nicker at me, I, but I, I'm the I, one you're going to be bowing down to. It just didn't play well. Well, but because you got to think about it, he's last in line. He's well, going to get the smallest, but he's, he's going to get the smallest share of um, anything of, 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 the inheritance. I, I don't think he knows I, I, I think the way he's getting stuff. treated now, I think he's counting his, his ways up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's no. why he's telling him. He's telling him, listen, fellas, I'm going to get a lot more. Yeah. I, I'll end up with a lot Especially more. Especially when Reuben was yes. left with his Reuben, I mean, I, mother, <laughs> stepmother. But, but I, I want to be before, before we go, because the end part, we, Joseph even tells him to yeah, come to yeah, town. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jacob, we've got too many Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, Jacob tells, tells kind of Joseph to a cool little, it a bit. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Real quick, with all these things we're here talking about, folks, you got to realize, and the author makes one point at the end of this mm -hmm. chapter, he says only God can get him out of this mess. Yeah. <laughs> only God can get right. yeah, well, uh, and, and, and remember, uh, and remember great from all this. This, uh, th th this whole favoritism thing played out from... Jacob learned it from mom and dad. Right. Yes. <laughs> so. And you know, and that's what they say about dysfunctional families. You know, this is normal. They yeah. Think this is only, well, well, this is the way my family was. This is the way it is. That's, that's kind of the sadness of it. Yeah. Yeah, really. And, and, that, and that's really, mm -hmm. part, of the, part of the problem is, is we, we live in broken people. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the title of the book is Limping with God because mm-hmm. we all kind of limp along in our brokenness looking for God as we move forward. And I think that's really one of the big lessons. Mm-hmm. That is. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is No Church Answers. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers, and this is the third reading. This is Genesis 37, 12 through 35. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, As you know your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem, come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off to the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, A man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brother and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him in the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty, there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern, and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it's your son's robe. 
he recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. I think the fellows uh, were basically scumbags. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued by Reuben, the one who a sentence ago was the bad boy, hopping in bed with Bilbao, that he's the one trying to save Joseph. He's feeling guilty. I, well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. In line with that, this just occurred to me. As, hang on, I've, I've known this story really well and, and, and read it. These sons, they yes. tell their father their son is dead. Yeah. And, and, but, and they all went along with the it. Question, yeah. Why does it, where's Reuben in this? Reuben was going to save him. What, no, Reuben, the oldest one, despite his sleeping yeah. with it, just yeah. says, Dad, no, he's not dead. All right. We saw, I mean, maybe it means they're going to have to come clean. Maybe that's what they're afraid of. Right. That, that, that they instigated this whole thing. Right. What Bert focuses on is, is what, how Jacob deals with it. And it sounds like Jacob truly withdraws. Mm-hmm. Um, he, nobody, kind of this Jovian imagery here. He tears his clothes and puts on sackcloth and throws the ashes up. And, and just sits there like Job. I will continue to mourn until I go down to the grave, which is, is very similar to what Job said uh, to his friends. And so, so again, I, it comes back to what I wanted to talk about. How do, you, how do we deal with, with the unpacked baggage of friends and loved ones well, there's who a, depart? <clears throat> well, there's a difference between the way the young and the old view death because the young view it as getting the street cred and that's why we have so much violence in the inner city and stuff there uh he's been shot four times and he did this murder and that's that's the street cred the badges that an old person looks back on their life and looks at those regrets or whatever whereas a young person that's their that's their struggle and their honor and stuff. The brothers, I guarantee they were thinking, hey man, there's 10 of us, so what? If, if Joseph dies, that's 10%. That's no big deal. You know, there's the rest of us, we can, we can all pick it up, okay? Whereas in the father's mind, dude, that was my world. That was my trophy. That was my classic car that I never drive. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That symbolized all of my children because that was the one I loved the most. The author tells us about, he says, uh, the death of a baby, you can, you can l- grieve just unbelievably because their whole future is in front of them. And you can imagine all sorts of things for them, folks. And, and, and we, I think we've mentioned a couple times in the past, my daughter's 
baby died on the day he was she was supposed to be born uh, so my daughter uh, suffered a lot and I had trouble understanding because I, I didn't care the baby and I, I didn't get a chance or an opportunity to to uh, experience the life of the baby but the, the point is the author says here as with age it's not so bad when an older person dies because they've formed memories and they and you've had relationship with them and you know their character you you will grieve missing them but nothing like a baby if you're close to the family of the people that experience and like I said I think the author is somewhat setting this with, by mentioning several deaths he's setting up for the uh, apparent death of Joseph to Jacob yeah. Yeah. There's, there, and that's when, why when I do like the veteran of uh, events and stuff it's the guys that did not make it back from battle you think about that is a 20 year old or a 25 year old and and the best the the better athletes the you know the guys that test well the guys that did all the training and stuff the person that is disciplined the future was snuffed out it's just absolutely horrible and and I get it that sometimes we put an imaginary value on it um, whereas with an old person you can say exactly oh, that guy was a bit of a scumbag but he did some good things no I don't, I don't think so. you're going to imagine I think the value is there because it's it's unknown it's right but you might call it you know un, un, unrealized unrealized potential but potential nonetheless, you know, all your hopes, all the hopes you have for that person, all and everything, you know, you, you, that's what's, that's what's tragic about right. a loss. And, and even with, I guess, you know, we, we, these days, of course, most families at the most have maybe three kids. Um, right. But in this era most, of, yeah. of, of and, but even not too long ago, not, you know, my, my, my mother had Five brothers and sisters. Yeah, um, I and, have four sisters. And uh, the the but 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 I guess still, it's easy to you know the, the coldest thing to say. Oh, it's all you got. You got you got eleven other sons. That's that's pretty cold because it's still Joseph counted. Maybe he was a brat, but to Bruh. Jacob, Joseph counted. That that loss hurt because he was a son. You get, you get, Rachel's death, Joseph's death. Oh, this, this, Isaac, yeah. The Isaac, I, Joseph, Isaac's death. Which, you get all boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's like a, it's like yeah. being, you know, punched in the mouth. No, a um, couple of I, times. Honestly, I, I think what it really does for a lot of people is this: it puts the back page on certain chapters of your life. Mm -hmm. Now they might be going through those chapters of life and. Their, uh, their life may be like the love boat, or maybe <laughs> their life was like all in the family, or, or had a ton of strife, and then they were struggling with their life and their wife and their fighting and everything, and then the deaths start happening. And then the, when the deaths start happening, and then, because we as people, we forget pain. And I mean, I think we're biologically, we're, 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 we're biologically, yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's right. You just, you don't, you, that's the only, because we don't, our brain isn't a big enough hard drive to remember every moment of life. 
-hmm. you know so we, we we pick moments that are highlights or certain lowlights but we don't really remember the pain and you look at these people after someone I, I had a friend of mine he hated his ex-wife they fought they they uh, uh, most horrible divorce I saw him at his wife's memorial service and said she was a great mom but we just had a kind of a tough time Dude, kind of a tough time. Are you kidding me? You spent thousands of dollars fighting each other and stuff. Instead of splitting it, you fought and lost it. Uh, right, right. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, it's the thing about it is people don't realize your actions really do have consequences and you're not going to be able to control it like the i have no doubt the brothers thought yeah my it, get rid of joseph yeah will get over it. it'll hurt him for a while but he'll get over it yeah yeah but you, you you remember you remember your memory serves you what you would have posted on social media not all the others you know it it we were watching a show last night, and, and you know the kids are fighting, and mom's trying to get everybody to take a family photo, and finally mom says, "We all get still, damn it, so we can take the photo." <laughs> you know, and, and smile, and yeah, smile, yeah. And then, and, and then the photo shows out as perfect. Right. Yeah, but that, but that's what we don't remember that part. We remember right. the photo, and I think right. that is that's part of the irony of life today, is that in our lives we tend to reflect and want to project that out and I, and I think we could talk about this what we want to project out is what we see on social media not what's really happening in our lives and part of what's creating part of what in my mind is helping to create our death by despair right. that we've talked multiple times about and the problem with men is you know you, if I'm a guy I look on social media and there's my buddy and god dog and him and his wife are out on the boat and She's got the skinny body with the bikini and, you know, and the kids are, and the kids are, you know, Johnny is making straight A's and playing varsity baseball and Susie, you know, she, 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 she may be in the Olympics for, for gymnastics, but, you know, I got a slug for a son, you know, and my daughter, she, she can barely walk a straight line, much less do anything on, you know, so you're comparing yourself to these people you're seeing. And it's helping, it's helping add to that whole thing that we have going on with men in society today. You have families like Giselle Bunchen and Tom Brady who are up there at the top of what we think are the epitome of marriage. Well, well, and, and, but, but they had their own problems. Oh, yeah. And that's what you learn. No They're doubt. Wealthy, they look great. they perfect shape. But yeah. and there's an inner turmoil. And he had perfect that care. You don't it's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and see, this friend of mine is a professional comedian, and he's and he summarizes that with this kind of thing. Choosy moms choose Jeff. You know, choosy moms. Now, say your mom drinks a little in the afternoon, goes to the casino, <laughs> forgets to pick up her kids. Choose Peter Pan. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is this. We like to think 
We live in Sugarland. Life is sweet. We have no problems. We don't do anything. We only post everything that's GIF. Where's a lot of a lot of times, part of our life is Peter Pan. You, you're, yep. you're so if, if you, know you want to be happy the rest of your life, make an ugly woman your wife. Right. <laughs> I'm just Ooh, that, no. I, I didn't say we did that. I'm just no. saying that that he's saying right. you have less nice recovery, problems Mike. or less. Nice recovery. Yeah. 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 No, I'm Amen. no. I'm just saying is that life is honestly is a mixed bag, and I really feel as we come down to the end and get some. Takeaways from the fellas, um, I have seen this, the jealousy thing, although I didn't experience it on the farm, I saw it so many times, and my parents did everything in their power to not play favorites, when the reality was my sister Julie should have been the favorite, but my parents would not treat her that way, but because she was awesome. Um, but I seen it and I saw how it does those kind of uh, relations and setting that kind of ex example it does reverberate for generations so and with that we're going to go ahead around the room and get some final takeaways from this particular podcast start with uh, Michael Cropper uh, folks I'm going to go to a practical point in the uh, the podcast we've been talking about all about Jacob and the coming up of, uh, of losing his son Joseph, and, and, and he went through and experienced extreme, extreme sadness. In fact, the, the author of the, uh, uh, the book says that he illustrates this as a person who is puking all his insides out and still keeps holding on to the commode and tells God, leave me alone, I'm not finished yet. Okay, uh, so... How do you help, or how do you practically, for all practical purposes, how to you to comfort a person who is grieving like that, that won't let go of what they're going through—the sorrow, the loss, whether it's a child or, God forbid, a dog. Or a, a lot of people love their animals just tremendous amount. Uh, the author says a couple things that are really good, and, and I'm going to repeat those and throw in a couple extras. He says. First of all, you got to remember you cannot rush the healing process. He says it's not like Amazon Prime. You cannot order and call in comfort and get it real quick dropped at your door. He says, do remember Job. He says, silence, and, and if you're trying to comfort somebody else, silence may be the best comfort you can give a grieving person. There, It is a silent comfort, and it is a type of language by, all by itself. So... Now, if you're the one grieving, confront God. And this is very interesting. I, didn't, I would not have thought about this, but he says, remember Job. He says, vent your anger, pour out your heart, and disagree with him. Tell him, I don't agree what I'm going through. Just remember Job. But, but he doesn't say this, and I'm going to tell you this. Don't sin. Don't accuse God of something that, he, that may not be in his plan. You have to remember God is a plan that's going on, just like we're seeing right now with Jacob. And Joseph, and eventually he'll come home, and uh, and and Jacob will see Joseph again. But there's going to be 11 years of sadness, and it, upon me 21 years, right? Is that right, guys? 20, 21 years 21. of sadness. So healing is slow. Remember that, folks. And if the best thing you can do to comfort somebody else is sit quietly and just sit there, do that. Bill, excellent, uh, Professor. Take away from you. 
it, it's really all about family dynamics in this. Lost family dynamics. You know, Rachel and Jacob had a relationship, but he was never seemed to be satisfied, so he married the other women, and then there was the whole Leah Trick mm-hmm. thing that that's a payback for him, but he loses the one he loves. Then he starts showing favoritism to the kids, and then the sons, they're scumbag. I guess I guess I use Bill's word, mm-hmm. you know. And but it, it it's really family dynamics, but I think it's also a lesson for us to remember again that God uses broken people. And and I think that there's this there's this whole thing, you know, people, are, I don't want to be around those Christians because they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, we are. Because we can't live up to the perfectness of God, but God in his wisdom, for some reason, one of those questions you may want to ask, seriously, what was the idea of we're going to use us to carry your message because we're kind of bad at it? <coughs> You know, we're human beings with all the flaws and all the free will and all of that involved. And if we don't understand that to the point that we can melt our lives to follow God the way we should, then really there's no point at this point. So really there's no point. You know, we we have to understand we're broken and we live with broken people in the world. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch? The cliche is that, oh, men don't express their feelings. And there are a lot of men who, who, who don't. But there's a difference between, you might say, more quiet mourning, grieving, and waiting to talk about it. And in sometimes in this day and age, we go a little overboard where, oh, Robert, you're just not talking about it. you got to talk about it, Robert. you got to talk about how you're feeling right now. And... Well, right at that moment, at 8 o'clock the night, two nights after my father or mother died, no, I'm not interested in talking about it. Maybe next week. But stop doing that. Okay, that's not, because I am, and, and also, let, if you, let your husbands, sons, whatever, let them grieve in their own way. Don't, don't, ex- and, 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 and do this for yourself too. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. There's no time, and I, I think when it comes to a child, you never stop grieving. I, I, I um, you never, you'll always, you'll always wonder um, about yeah. that, that, as you said, that, that buried future. Uh, you'll always think about the times you did not have. And that's, that's, na- that's not, that's, that's probably more normal than anything. Uh, you'll always feel the loss. There's no getting over the loss of someone you've lived with for years, you've loved, you've had so much experience together, even if it's not great. I mean, that's the irony of that. We, we, we fought a lot, we, we argued a lot, but man, we, we, there were, we, were, we knew each other. I mean, it's, maybe that's not the best terms of relationship, but that there's a grieving process there as well. And so, for for men out there who are going through it, my, my prayers and 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 uh, and thoughts are with you. But also that uh, those who are your who are who are coming alongside of you to be be sensitive to that, uh, to to love your guy as he is grieving, and and let him grieve. 
And <clears throat> thanks so much for tuning in. I just want to chime in and think because I have been going through a period of sadness uh, with losing my job and with my wife, uh, her cancer and stuff. And, I'll, and I can tell you the most comforting thing that has happened to me is fellas that are willing to be just a pillow or a sounding board if I need it. But that's the thing about Christian. And what I really appreciate about being in men's ministry is this. I was not forced to do anything. I had offers of help. And that is awesome because men like options. There's times that I wanted, I took the option to go have a beer with someone. But there was also times where I took the option to, I'll call you when I'm ready. And that was enough. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers. Uh, on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy, my name is Bill Cox. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Please rate our podcast and leave a review. And if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com, post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It is on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why the local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this. And find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is No Church Answers. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 